Before we get into the sermon, I'm going to pray and then we'll get to it. God, I thank you for your word. I pray that we would be open to your word, that we'd be receptive. Lord, I pray that you would manifest your spirit in us and through us. Lord, I pray that we would be sanctified day by day. And Lord, I pray that we could bring others to your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I'm actually glad uh, Robert, he preached on peace last week, which I was a little worried when I saw the title, so I had to listen to his sermon, and I listened to it, but thankfully he did not touch on what I was going to touch on, and it actually was a nice little segue, because he kind of just generally talked about peace, and so today I'm going to just talk about specifically why we may have peace. So, With the word peace, there's quite a bit of nuance in scripture, as with several words that you read in our text. It's got some depth to it that we miss. Uh, Often our translation, our English words, are very one-dimensional as far as definitions go, whereas a lot of words in scripture might have several different meanings. And so with peace, as Robert touched on, it's not just about the absence of conflict or the absence of War, right? It does deal with that a little bit, but it also deals with, in Scripture, harmony. It deals with tranquility. It deals with completeness. It deals with togetherness. And often, peace is used as sort of a greeting, a well-wishing to someone. As you know, in Paul's letters, every single one of Paul's letters, he begins with the intro and he says, grace and peace to you. It's just a general way to greet someone, to wish them well in every way. Uh, The historical backdrop of Jesus' life and his disciples' life during that time is also important. Of course, you probably have heard of what is called the Pax Romana, which was from 27 B.C. to 180 A.D., and it was a quote-unquote unprecedented time of peace, which is a little bit misleading because it was peace by sword. They had, quote-unquote, peace through suppression because of their military might. It kind of ignores the persecution that happened to Jews, that happened to Christians during the time. It wasn't a true time of peace. So with this in mind, with the historical backdrop, with the knowledge that there's some nuance to peace in Scripture, I think Jesus, he addresses a specific kind of peace in John chapter 14, verses 27 through 31. So John 14, verse 27 says, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. Keep in mind he's talking to his disciples here. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. What aspect of peace do I think he's specifically talking about here? I think it's specifically an inner kind of peace. Because if you notice in the text, he says, peace I leave with you. And then he tells them, let not your hearts be troubled. Let them not be afraid. What's the opposite of a troubled heart? What's the opposite of fear? It's, it's assurance. It's calmness. It's security. Right? That's the kind of peace he seems to be talking about here. He's talking about a sort of inner peace. Why can we have this peace? Because right? maybe there are times in your life where this is not true. And sometimes it is, sometimes we have assurance, sometimes we have security, but as we know, peace is often disrupted by a number of things. Family troubles, uh, maybe, maybe there's something going on in the community, maybe there's war, maybe there's violence, 
Maybe there's national troubles. Maybe there's global war. Maybe there's church troubles. There we go. There are a lot of things that cause troubles in our life that disrupt the peace. So why can we have this peace? First, I think we see in Scripture, we have this peace by receiving the Holy Spirit. By receiving the Spirit, we may have peace. Look at the context, John chapter 14, verses 25 and 26, then we'll read the first part of 27. It says, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. So Jesus, he was just talking about the Holy Spirit being sent to them while he leaves. And now he's saying, peace I leave with you. Leaving implying that he's going somewhere and he's leaving peace. So in this text, he says two things. The Spirit's going to come to you when I leave. Peace is going to be with you when I leave. There seems to be a connection between the indwelling of the Spirit and peace. Not to mention, in this text, as we covered a few weeks ago, that the word translated as helper, which is attributed to the Holy Spirit, can also be translated as comforter. Right? So when we don't have peace, when things are gone awry, the Holy Spirit gives us peace. The Holy Spirit comforts us. And pay close attention to the second half of verse 27. He says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Another reason we have peace, and it's very straightforward, Jesus gives us peace. And notice in that specific phrase there, not as the world gives. Specifically, he doesn't just give us peace, he's also our peace. Jesus himself is peace, as we know in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. But he doesn't give, as the text said, he doesn't give peace, he doesn't give to us as the world gives peace. And again, keeping the historical context in mind and even our modern context, peace is often just thought of the absence of conflict, the absence of war, right? Rome had peace because they were able to squash anybody who opposed them. Often it's just about making sure everything looks good on the outside. Sometimes people think peace is just no outward turmoil, even if there is inward turmoil. Verse 28, we continue on. You heard me say to you, I'm going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Jesus going to the Father is another reason we may have peace. Why is that? Well, I'm going to let Jesus answer that. Verse, chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. In contrast to a troubled heart, calmness, assurance, security, peace. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God or trust in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. You see, Jesus going to the Father is a good thing. 
Jesus going to the Father is another reason we may have peace because he's going to prepare a place for us in the presence of the Father. We may have peace because Jesus is going to the Father and Jesus fulfills his promise that he's going to prepare a place. Verse 29, we continue. Jesus says, and now I have told you before it takes place so that when it does take place, you may believe. And this goes along with Jesus fulfilling his promises. He wants us to believe him. He wants us to trust him. So instead of being filled with anxiety, instead of being filled with fear, Jesus says, hey, look, I'm telling you what's going to happen so that you may have assurance, so that you may have peace. Right? The disciples present When there was so much uncertainty, they didn't know what was going to happen. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm going to leave. Jesus kind of hints that he's going to die. They're probably worried. They're probably anxious. Hence why Jesus tells them, don't be anxious. He tells them what's going to happen so that they may have peace. Don't worry about the future. Jesus has told us what will happen. He's told them what will happen, and he has told us what will happen. And ultimately, what's going to happen is we're going to be taken to the presence of the Father. Rather, it's in a way, in Revelation, the Father is coming down out of heaven. We go to meet the Father, and so we're going to be in the presence of the Father. There will be no more pain. There will be no more, no more tears. There will be perfection. So Jesus, he has told us what will happen. We can have peace because he does so. Verse 30, it says, Jesus says, I will no longer walk with you, much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. We may have peace because the ruler of this world, the devil, has no claim on Jesus. And if he has no claim on Jesus, he has no claim on us. As Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 through 15. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 through 15. Do I have that in the slides? Maybe the, I think the women might have been reading this two years ago. Just a little joke for those, how long they've been in there. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 through 15. <laughs> Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and, the deliver, and to deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. All right, so Jesus, he's defeated the one who has the power of death. Right? And so if the devil has no claim on Jesus, he has no claim on us. And what power did the devil wield? Death. What did Jesus conquer? What did he eliminate? Death. So we don't have to be worried. He has no power over us. He has no claim on us. And I think when he talks about uh, death being destroyed, I think he's talking about both spiritual and physical. Because what does Jesus promise in John chapter 5? John chapter 5, verse 24, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes who trusts him who sent me has, again, that's in the present tense, has eternal life. He does not come into the judgment, but has passed from death to life. And here's the thing. Some people are so worried about dying when they're already dead. But notice what Jesus promises here. If we trust his word, if we believe in the one who has sent him, we pass from death to life. Sometimes we get so worried about physical death when we're already dead. But not those in Christ. Those in Christ, present tense, have eternal life. And in that promise, we may have peace. Verse 31, chapter 14 Jesus says, but I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. 
Rise, let us go from here. We may have peace because Jesus does as the Father has commanded him. And if you think about ultimately Jesus' death, that was part of the Father's will. And he doesn't just do that because he loves us. Jesus died because he loves the Father. Luke chapter 22, verse 42, when Jesus is praying on the Mount of Olives and, and he says, Father, if it's, if, you, if it's your will, let this cup pass for me, but not my will, but yours be done. See, we may have peace because Jesus loves the Father, he loves us, and because of his love, he dies, he died for us. And these are all reasons we may have peace, so you need to trust his promise. He makes a whole lot of promises. He's fulfilled a lot of those promises, and he's going to fulfill, ultimately, his promise in the end. So when he says, peace I leave with you, peace I, my peace I give to you, you need to trust him. As he has encouraged them, as he said so many times in the Gospel of John so far, he said it several times, believe trust, believe trust. So trust him that you can have peace in him. He gives peace, not as the world gives. Let's close in prayer. God, I pray that we would look to you for peace. Often we worry about the future. We worry about what's going on in the world. Uh, we think that in some way maybe national powers can get control and finally establish peace. We think that we're capable of that, but in reality we're not. The peace that we think we can get from the world is not real peace. Lord, may we trust you, may we look to you for peace. And may we be peacemakers, bringing your peace to other people. Lord, may we be people who look like you, and may we be people who love like you. May we be people who extend grace as you have extended us grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you haven't already, you can receive his peace as we stand and sing.